You're listening to an Anderson Entertainment production. This episode, we're scooting around in Fab Facts. We're getting lost in the desert in The Randomizer. And it's the final part of our interview with Lloyd Scott. What a legend. That's all coming up in pod 255. Of the Jerry Anderson and Elaine podcast. Let's get started. Let's go. Spectrum is green. The Jerry Anderson Podcast with Jamie Anderson and Richard James. Well, hello there. Oh, hello. Uh, how are mm-hmm. you? You're, I'm not too bad. How are you? Oh, I... Oh, God, I'm sorry I asked. I'm very well, thank you very oh, much. Phew. I am former 10-year-old irritant Jamie <laughs> Anderson. Yes. Uh, well, so am I, then, in that case. I was, <laughs> I'm was. i a former 10-year-old irritant, too. Yeah, but you knew me when I was a 10-year-old, 10-year-old That's irritant. True. That's true. And I didn't know you then. So, yeah, so I'm a 54-year-old seasoned veteran actor and writer. Richard uh, James. You didn't say right. your name, though, did you? Did, oh, did I not? Sorry. You just said you were a former 10-year-old irritant. Okay, yes. Now known as Jamie Anderson. There you go. Yes, and I'm Richard James. Yes. And also, uh, we mm-hmm. are joined by our extra special guest... Oh, Elaine, yes. No, actually, no, I meant no, Chris no. Dale. I no, mean, yes. Elaine, yes, obviously, uh, yes, from yes, last yes. week's uh, I think she'll just be sort of hovering in the background from now on. Yeah, I'm not sure we need any more PowerPoints this, no. this uh, episode. No. But, let's, uh, you know, let's not do that again. Don't go away, Elaine. Uh, but next to Elaine, Chris Dale, also known as Chris Dalek on Twitter, or oh, the yes. Randomizer by Posterons. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Um, and if you That's feel right. like I'm speaking in code, you must be new here. But that also means you're a posteron because you're here and you're listening and we're in your ears, making them slightly clammy from your headphones. Yeah. So sorry you like it or not. we do. Uh, yeah, you yeah. didn't even ask for it, but we're making your ears clammy, yeah. whether you like it or not. So, uh, Richard James, if you would like mm. to do the honours and tell us what's coming up in this episode of the Jerry Anderson podcast, giving each section an oh, no. ear clamminess rating out of 10. Oh, right. Okay, fab facts will be coming up in just a moment. Uh, ear clamminess rating... 7.5. Oh. Uh, we then have uh, news of the Jerry Anderson universe in a little section we like to call the Jerry Anderson News. Mm. Uh, clammy ear rating 8.7. Uh, we've got the third part of your interview with Jake Lloyd coming up a little later on as well. Clamminous rating 9.8. And as you mentioned, the randomizer will be here a little later on, featuring Chris Dale with a clammy ear rating of 3.497. Why but so low? <laughs> in between all of that, of course, we've been hearing from you. Yes, you, our lovely Podstrons, who have been emailing us at. Pardon? Them. Yes, oh, you yes. Know, all of them. Yes, well, sorry. some of them. Yeah. Uh, podcast at jerryanderson.com. And they've also been commenting on our Facebook group. And they've been uh, tweeting us on Twitter, hashtagging us Jerry Anderson Podcast, and tagging me, Richard N. James, him over there, I'm JB Anderson, and uh, him over there at Chris Dalek. Uh, Elaine doesn't get a look in on the Twitter, I have to say. Uh, well, maybe she'll sign up. Mm. Uh, uh, but the Podstrons, in total, I would say, have an ear clamminess rating of a perfect 10. Of course they do. Course only, only one at a time, though. Oh, well, then. I would think so, yes. Yes. Now, I think I heard you refer to our interviewee as Jake Lloyd then. What did I, I say? I don't know who Jake Lloyd is. <laughs> right, um, okay. But instead, he'll be replaced with Lloyd Scott uh, in the third part of his <laughs> who interview. Who on earth is Jake Lloyd? <laughs> I, I don't know. I That's mean, strange, isn't it? Shall I ask ChatGPT? 
Yes, okay. Who on if, if, earth if there's a hand, is it's Jake, Jake Lloyd. Lloyd. And, uh, you know, is he is he interested in being an interviewee on the Jerry Anderson podcast? Well, do you know he might? Right. Jake Lloyd is a former American actor who's best known for playing the role of young Anakin Skywalker in You're Star Wars joking. Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. How very strange. Born the 5th of March 1989 in Fort Collins, Colorado, began acting at a young age. Right. Uh, in addition to Star Wars, he's also <laughs> appeared in other films such as Jingle All the Way and Madison. Come on, get um, him on. After his acting career, he decided to pursue other interests and retired oh. from acting and okay. has mainly stayed out of the public eye. But you n- never know, he might well. come on. Jake Lloyd for this yeah. yeah great I like the idea that I just mentioned random names at the beginning of a podcast and then we find out who they are and try and get them on the podcast <laughs> that was brilliant oh dear anyway good right first Elaine and now Jake Lloyd but actually we'll be hearing from Lloyd Scott who is yes. doing amazing work um, sorry Lloyd with sorry. racing money running marathons in crazy costumes including his most recent one Captain Bloomin' Scarlet. Yeah, lovely. How could I get that wrong? Funny, isn't it? <laughs> I, don't I must know. have just. I have been reading a lot of Star Wars stuff recently. Well, maybe it was so, that, but I, yeah, I love it. Yeah. I'm very happy we found ourselves <laughs> there. Uh, now, starting things, uh, you know, in a gentle but clammy way. Uh, okay. Shall yeah. we go straight into uh, a bit of a? Uh, I was going to say a moist fab fact. I don't <clears> mean <throat> that. I, just, just a fab fact. Should we do that? Standing by with a wet wipe. <laughs> Here we go. Now. Time for this week's Fab Facts. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, it's a standard issue Fab Fact. Oh, okay. I mean, my, the thumb might cause us some problems, but basically, I've got a book of Fab Facts. There it is. There was me flicking through it. Oh, yeah, there it is. Uh, I yeah. flick through it, and at a random point in time, Richard shouts Fab. Normally, while I'm flicking, mm-hmm. he doesn't wait until the end. Uh, please oh, no. don't do that. That'd be weird. Uh, and then I'll stop yes. flicking, and hopefully on the page that I happen upon will be a Fab Fact. Great. Clear? Come on, then. Yes, very clear. Good. Uh, Then here comes the flick. Here comes the fab! You threw me off there because you said other things than fab before. I did, I did. But it's fine. Okay. Well, we're looking at live action shows. Excellent. uh, Right in the the late 1960s, early 1970s. Brilliant. Uh, In Dad's first live action series, UFO, there are, I'm sure you will agree, quite a lot of futuristic vehicles. Just one or two, yeah. Well, yeah, Skydiver, for example. Uh-huh. Uh, and obviously it's attached Sky 1 or whatever Sky number. Uh, yep. Moonbase Interceptors, uh, yep. Airstrikers car. Yep. Um, and a weird little personal transport scooter. Oh, okay. You, you may not be familiar with the one, but I'm talking about the single occupant vehicle that cruises the halls of Shadow HQ. Although I always oh. feel weird to say Shadow HQ because that's Supreme Headquarters... Alien Defence Organisation headquarters. But you you know exactly what I mean. Now, (laughs) uh, if you've seen the first episode, Identified, you'll know what I mean instantly. It has four wheels and a, a sleek design and sits low to the floor. Basically, it's a moving chair that travels up and down the corridors at... Um... Well, walking pace. Great. Uh, As the series goes on, it is seen less and less frequently. And it's probably because the idea of a personal transport device like this was a holdover from the Super Mario Nation days, of course, where the puppets couldn't really walk terribly convincingly, um, needed these devices to get around in a way that looked futuristic. Ah, right. Um, right. Obviously, we had hover bikes and uh, jetmobiles and moving walkways (laughs) and all sorts of stuff, anything to avoid them walking. Uh, Mm -hmm. The production team and dad decided to try an experiment with having similar vehicles in UFO, but the results must have been deemed to be unsuitable. Uh, but after all, I suppose that makes sense because the corridors of Shadow didn't exactly have high-speed lanes, so 
If right. you can't go fast than walking pace in your vehicle, why not just walk, maybe? Uh, yes. I mean, perhaps in some alternate universe, Shadow was full of high-speed carts clattering around the control room and uh, the brake room and back at 100 miles an hour, but we will never know for sure, seeing as we're in this universe. So it was a bit of a kind of an abandoned idea. It feels very much a bit like the... Um, Oh, God, what was that awful invention? The little kind of personal transport bike thing. Do you know what I mean? From what? Oh, the, uh, the, uh, oh, that's, uh, the, uh, the, uh, Sinclair, no, Sinclair, no, no. Yeah, Sinclair C5? The C5? Yes, yes, that's right, yeah, okay. A, bit, a little bit like that. Okay, yeah. Feels that that era when we're all sort of, oh, yes, we won't have to put any effort in anymore. We'll just yeah. coast around on robotically driven vehicles, which are expensive to maintain, break down, and only go at walking pace. Yeah. So, there we go. An, a nice idea, and I guess they must have got into their heads during the, the, the Supermarination era, that these things were kind of a, a signifier of, of science fiction. Okay, uh, yeah. Of living yeah. in the future. Yeah. Uh, did you have any of those in Space Precinct? Mm, no, I don't think so, no. I mean, any pointless things in Space Precinct. I mean, the fact that... the to- well, Apart from the- Lou Hirsch, you mean? Oh, ouch! <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I can only say that because I know for sure he's not listening. Yeah, that's absolutely true. He will never listen to this podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 I mean, it's the, the one thing on, on Space Precinct was that um, police bike toy, which oh, never yeah. appeared in the series, in the series. Did it? That's right. That that's would have right. been cool. But there were no kind of weird, pointless... Um, moving devices no I mean I bet someone somewhere has written a thesis on the thinking behind matching specific vehicles with specific characters from TV series and how much thought goes into that and how they become sort of combined in the public's imagination you know if I would say Inspector Morse Mm. you think of the Jag if I were to say uh, Starsky and Hutch you think of their old sort of Ford Granada with the the white flash down the side yeah very true do you know what I mean yeah Uh, Doctor Who uh, Bessie things like that you know, there's a lot of thought there, I think, between how we attach vehicles to certain characters or, or TV shows. Yeah, there. I like it. I, I somehow mm. doubt there is a thesis out there, though, but I, I could right. be wrong. Um, I mean, I've got time on my hands <laughs> if you want a thesis. <laughs> You're, you've got other things to write. Don't, don't do that. I have, don't get distracted. Point. So, uh, Postrons, what did you think of the Shadow Personal Transport device? Hmm. Any good? Pointless? Hmm. Glad they ditched it. Wish they'd done more with it. Wish they were racing around the ceilings like kind of crazy ski lifts around Shadow HQ or just Shadow mm-hmm. uh, let us know podcast at jerryanderson.com and if you know of a thesis out there that yeah. where we do cover the links yeah. between characters and their vehicles do also email us that but I yes, I, I suspect it doesn't exist if you do I want to see the word thesis in big capital letters followed by two exclamation marks in the subject line <laughs> Okay, okay, there you go. Uh, and if you're not sure how to email, please refer to previous ah, podcasts yes. and Elaine's presentation. Yes, thank you um, very much. But for now, <laughs> I think that brings us to the end of this week's Personal Pointless Transport Fact. fact. Oh. Oh. Pointless Personal Transport. I mean, if we combine yeah, well, them, that was not bad. PPT, yeah. Yeah, uh, good. Yeah, very good. Uh, now, uh, you are listening to the Jerry Adams Podcast. I haven't said this for a while, but whatever you do, please subscribe to us on whichever platform you're listening to us on. Do it right now. Hit like or subscribe or follow or whatever you do on your particular app. And also... If you'd be so kind, why not leave us a lovely review or a rating, or as we call them, a revating? Five stars would be ideal, and a few lines telling the world just how much you enjoy the podcast. And then, finally, copy the link and put it on all your socials, on your Twitter feed and on your Facebook profile, so everyone knows what you're listening to. Uh, now, some of our wonderful podstrons have been in touch uh, via email. For example, Stephen Watson, you mentioned last week, uh, Jamie, you blew your own trumpet about the new Jerry Anderson uh, website. Well, I wasn't blowing my trumpet. Uh, I didn't make it. That was the team that made it. That was David and Callum. <laughs> and Chris and AC and Co. That yeah. thing did that, not me. Great. 
Well, Stephen Watson has noticed. Oh, Hello, thank you, Stephen Watson. Hello, Meisters, he says. A big well done to everyone involved in the design and execution of the new website. It's FAB, dynamic, and really captures the excitement and individuality of each show. That sounds a bit like the podcast, I'd say. <laughs> what, dynamic? <laughs> okay. Maybe. Well, to what you've been listening to. Uh, <laughs> hi, guys, uh, says uh, Steve. Uh, I'm not just espousing your current podcast, but if you ever run out of ideas, then Chris could review biscuits and assess their dunkability. Right. Yeah. I'd listen to that. Uh, Richard could read the phone directory d- dramatically. Okay. Yeah. I'd pay for that. Uh, and Jamie, he could bring the philosophy of Parker, for example. Don't cry over spilt milk, just give it to the cat instead. Thanks from Steve. Nice. Okay. Well, if we do ever run out of ideas, and <clears throat> that surely that day is just around the corner, I mean, then we'll bear those yeah. in mind. <laughs> we'll be beginning those in pod 256. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Westall has been in touch to say, Dear Jamie, Richard, Chris and fellow Podstrons, last year I gave my UFO DVD to a friend of mine after I upgraded to the Blu-ray set. He got round to watching it last month and he really enjoyed it. Like everyone else, he wonders why they wear purple wigs on Moonbase. Uh, over the years, I have also got my friend into the Space 1999 audio dramas, the Thunderbirds and Stingray audiobooks, and we both like watching Stingray and Captain Scarlet and the Mysterons. However, there's one Jerry Anderson show that my friend isn't very keen on, and that is Joe Knight. Oof. <laughs> I thought he was going to say Space Precinct then for a oh, second. Uh, I lent him my DVD of it some time ago and he couldn't get past the uh, the first disc. He oh. can't get round the idea of watching a nine-year-old boy being sent on dangerous adventures and no matter what I say to him, he will not be convinced that it's a good show to watch. Ah, well. Can't win them all. <sighs> yeah, that's right. Uh, I love watching Joe 90. Sorry, Jamie, says Jonathan. Uh, my favourite episode is Colonel McLean because it has great dramatic moments and model effect sequences. I'm very much looking forward to receiving my copy of the TV soundtrack and the Project 90 Technical Operations Manual later this year. Keep up the good work, F-A-B-S-I-G-P-W-O-R, Jonathan Westall. F-A-B to you too. Yeah. Uh, isn't a rather interesting one from Tabitha H. Oh. Uh, well, the subject line is Dickie's Ego. Oh, no. So it's quite a long email, as you can imagine. <laughs> <coughs> I'll sit right, back and uh, relax. Yeah, enjoy. Tabitha says, uh, greetings, Jamie, Richard and Chris. I'm a fairly new addition to the Podstron roster. Uh, the Podder roster, if you will, as Ooh. I've only been here since Pod 245. So, first of all, I want to thank all of you behind the mic and behind the scenes for all your wonderful work on the podcast. I thoroughly enjoy the interviews, news and facts that you so deliberately provide for... Sorry, diligently provide for us <laughs> every Monday. And and quite deliberately, too. For the most part, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I found Intergalactic Rescue 4 to be a brilliant listen, so thank you to Richard and Mr Forrester for bringing the story to life. Ah, yes. The Randomizer never fails to deliver deliver interesting commentary even when the show is barely anderson related looking at you tugs mm, she says no comment yes mm. now since jamie prompted us to attempt to repair dickie's ego i don't remember that at all no i don't know did you okay clearly you're in need in desperate need yeah uh, I would oblige, as I do have a story to tell. As I'm aware that this is the Jerry Anderson podcast, not the Richard James podcast, I will attempt to keep it short and Dickie's ego from recovering too much. So, to you, Richard, I direct this segment. Right. You ready for this? Yeah, well, I think so, yes. <sighs> I had never seen Space Precinct, nor... Truth be told, did I plan to watch it, having oh. only ever seen various supermarination shows. However, your many, many comments 
<laughs> about an injustice dealt to you intrigued me. Eventually, I was worn down, so I watched an episode and read the Wikipedia page to see exactly what I had missed. I've always had a soft spot for animatronics and puppetry used in live action, so between that, lots of explosions, and some frankly bizarre plots, it is exactly my cup of tea. Oh. I just had to get my hands on a copy of it. I've not yet encountered the problematic episodes containing Enil Kamada, but if it helps, I was briefly terrified upon first seeing him, although that was mainly because I was not expecting to see more than just your chin. Thank you, Richard, for <laughs> unintentionally introducing me to a show I'm enjoying, uh, or genuinely enjoying, as much as my first viewing of Stingray, a high benchmark in my books. Also... Thank you for helping to make the show as good as it was, not only through the work you did as Orin's physical form, but also as uh, non-recurring characters such as the scary Enil Kamada and an organ-stealing Creon who smoked like a chimney that I think was all you were also behind. Uh, that does lead me to ask, how many characters were you behind? Am I making it up? Uh, you stole organs or was it someone else? And if you cannot remember, I do understand that it was 29 years ago, almost there. I look forward to watching the Space Precinct documentary on the Jerry Anderson YouTube channel upon my completion of the series. On the off chance it's not covered in there, was the lip-syncing a matter of mouthing over pre-recorded dialogue, <laughs> Super Mario Nation style, or was it dubbed in post-production? It's uh, actually phenomenal and barely noticeable aside from minor audio quality differences. In the case of accidentally spurring Richard into an hour-long monologue of why he <laughs> should have had the scariest, <sighs> been the scariest monster, I apologise to Jamie and my fellow podstrons. Should it help to put him in his place, feel Feel free to tell him he has no dedicated Wikipedia page <gasps> while Jamie has. Oh, oh. Well, it's all right. It's not a competition. <clears throat> I thank you for your time and apologise for the lengthy email, Tabitha. That's quite all right, Tabitha. We like lengthy emails. We because, do indeed. Well, they take up a bit of time, don't they? <laughs> Less for us to do. Thanks very <laughs> much. That's right. Uh, well, uh, so a few questions there. Lip syncing. Uh, yeah, now that happened afterwards. So we, we performed it you know, at live, as it were, with our own voices. Yeah. Uh, and then the lip syncing was done uh, in little booths by other actors a little later on. Do you, uh, do you want to give us a little blast of your Orin that you would have performed on the day? Oh, God, I can't remember. It was 30 years ago. Really? Maybe sort of a generic American. Okay. I mean, I think on the DVD box set, you can see an unvoiced scene that was <gasps> never used in the series. Yes. So you will hear my voice there. And yes, I did play the organ-stealing Creon, and I was also Kobana in Illegal, the, uh, the the ringmaster sort of character, another yeah, Creon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we got about us Creons. We played all sorts of different Interesting roles. Interesting that you were so Creon-centric. Yeah, I only, I only ever played crayons, that's true. Yeah, I wonder yeah. why that was. Don't know. Don't ask me. No. Okay. Hmm. There we are. Anyway, so uh, all very interesting. Thank you very much for that, Tabitha, and everyone who's emailed this week. Uh, do send them into podcast at jerryanderson.com, and I shall endeavour to read them out next time. Uh, endeavour away. Thank you. Good. Uh, would you like some Jerry Anderson news? Oh, yes, please. Good. Well, uh, seeing as it's May Day, we'll keep it nice and relaxed. So here comes some very gentle... Jerry Anderson News. Ah. Yes, it's a bank holiday. Uh, newsy, news, oh, news, news. Oh, hang on. You tell me off because you're, I'm supposed to wait for the Jerry Anderson bit before I say newsy, news, you news, like, news. I, I knew you'd go in a bit, you know. Oh. A bit Speedy Gonzales. I, if I, I did can't that. win. So, can I? Do, you to, do you want to do it together now? No. It, no. Oh, okay. No, go on. Well, happy May Day. News, 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 news. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. Back to a relaxed date. Mm -hmm. 
It's a bank holiday in the UK on the day of release, so yeah. it's the perfect time to head over to the YouTube channel and watch a load of free stuff. We've got free episodes and documentaries and all that stuff around there. So, mm -hmm. um, And of course, that HD episode of uh, Space Precinct, Body and Soul, lovely. the one without Richard James, yeah. um, which is rather lovely. I mean, that's probably why people are enjoying it quite so much, to be honest, isn't it? Lots of lovely comments beneath that video, probably because it doesn't feature me. No, no, it would be even more lovely comments if you were in it, obviously. Uh, now, as I've been alluding to for the last few weeks, we are moving uh, to a new warehouse this month. And we oh, yeah. hopefully will be in any time this week and you will start to see things coming out to you quicker, which I'm very excited about. Uh, that in turn will, in a couple of weeks' time give us a load of new options for those of you who are outside of the UK. When those are activated, we will send you an email. So if you haven't already subscribed to the Jerry Anderson newsletter, then please just search on your search engine of choice, Jerry Anderson newsletter, uh, sign up there, let us email you, and we will drop you a note when shipping options to your country are available. Now, we hope that as you check out everything, all the import duties and stuff, will be calculated and paid at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, we're using a very special system where stuff gets ferried to various airports directly and then sent using your local internal post system. Okay. It's very smart, very clever thing. Yeah. Um, so it means that we, we basically have stock availability all over the world you know, in a relatively quick uh, postage window and at a good price as well. So mm. I'm hoping, those of you who have been put off by high shipping prices in the past, uh, you might be able to get some uh, some Anderson stuff into your well onto your Ander shelf, really. Oh, great! Yeah. So I'm I'm rather excited about that. Uh, and now I don't know if this has been announced because we're recording a little bit in advance. <gasps> what? So this could be an exclusive. What? A podcast exclusive. What? What's happened? Crispin Morell's fantastic soundtrack for Jerry Anderson: A Life Uncharted is coming from Silver Screen. Oh wow, wonderful. And I really love it because it's a very special thing where we've got audio clips of Dad from the archive mm -hmm. talking about aspects of his life that introduce the track. Ah, so great. you get I see. you get context directly yeah. from the horse's mouth. Lovely. And then the then the track and there's some lovely ones on there, so I'm really really pleased that that's happening. So thank you Silver Screen for yeah. helping make it so. That sounds like a rather nice sort of companion piece to the documentary, doesn't it? It, it is, and, and uh, Ben and I wrote some exp extensive, I was going to say expensive, they weren't expensive at all, <laughs> some extensive track notes on there. Lovely. Uh, so, yes, that'll be out very, very soon. Um, stand by for further news there. And finally... Yes? I, I made a note of this and, and I've forgotten. Oh, yes, I remember now. Um, did you hear my lovely chat, Podstrons, with the Spy Hards podcast? Oh. Well, I gave away many, many secrets from Dad's Moonraker treatment oh, on that great. podcast. Yeah. It is now available on all good podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to us on right now, I suspect, unless you're listening directly from the website. So uh, just search Spy Hards or, or uh, Moon Spy Hards Moonraker. You'll find it uh, and you'll find out what Dad's vision was for James Bond in the late Brilliant. 1960s, early 1970s. Oh, that sounds fascinating. It was a really fascinating chat, and I, I really enjoyed mm. re-reading re it for the first time in years. Mm. Uh, and I also enjoyed uh, narrating Dad and Tony Barwick's um, idea for the opening titles of Moonraker. Oh, great. Which were borderline explicit, I would say. But I can't <laughs> okay. say any more. Uh, you'll want to head over to the Spy Hearts podcast and have a listen there. So thank you uh, to those guys for having me. 
I mean, how, how did your dad feel when that didn't happen? Do, do you know? I'm, oh, crushed. I, 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 crushed. Oh, really? Yeah, because yeah. because he'd heard from Harry. Um, was was it Harry Saltzman at the time? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Uh huh. Um, you know, the feedback they got was, "This is fantastic. We love it. It's amazing." Right. And then nothing happened. And then stuff from that seemed to appear in other other films, and they got uh, really annoyed. And yeah, I think Dad felt like this could be my big break into movies. Yeah, uh, and it yeah, wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't to be. Yeah. But at least we get to hear about it now. So there we go. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we've kind of gone slightly off track, but that still is news. Um, that's right. Yes. But for now, that's the end of this week's Jerry Anderson News. That was the news. Slightly off track news. What would you expect from the Jerry Anderson podcast other than off trackness? That's right. <laughs> hey. uh, anyway, uh, what else would you expect from the Jerry Anderson podcast but a visit to our Podstrons on the official Jerry Anderson podcast listeners Facebook group? Oh, yes, please. Right. So Stuart <laughs> James Lusher, for example, uh, posted evening Podstrons. I went to a book sale in my hometown this afternoon and I found these two books of Thunderbirds. So I thought I would buy them. And there we have Thunderbirds, The Perils of Penelope and The Imposters. Nice. Let us know what the the best thing you found at a local uh, bookstore or charity shop uh, recently, because uh, that'd be interesting to know. They crop up in all sorts of places. Uh, Adrian John Heath says, uh, day off. So as it's Jerry Anderson Day morning, ah, this is from a few weeks ago now, uh, I'm in the snug listening to a spot of Jerry Anderson vinyl. And there he is listening to the Secret Service on rather fetching green vinyl. Lovely. Uh, Button Moon Hannah says, I've listened to Pod 252 and I had a smile on my face from beginning to end. I thought that it was a lovely one this week. My favourite part was the interview with Joe Jameson uh, when he talked about what Thunderbirds meant to him during his lifetime. It brought me back to my own childhood and I was reminded of much fun that I had watching the series. I too came up with my own adventures as well. I think he had a good choice of his favourite Tracy brother. Alan is a pretty cool character and I'm into a bit of motor racing myself. Also... Thunderbird 3 is an impressive craft. Even though uh, I was more of a Thunderbird 2 fan back then, I always wanted to see a bit more of Thunderbird 3. It sounds like he's done a good job voicing Alan and Gordon in the audio series. I really need to start listening to them soon. I still haven't done it yet. Well, what must you think of me? Despite this, though, I think Pod 252 has become one of my favourite pods, and I'm looking forward to hearing more. Thank you, Jamie, Richard and Chris, FAB. Nice. nice? So she, uh, Hannah has a favourite pod. Yeah, it's nice to well, know, isn't it? Do, who, who else has a favourite pod? Podstrons, mm. uh, mm. over to you. Yeah. I mean, but d- yeah. just to keep it simple, email us podcast at jerryanson.com with your favourite pod in the subject line and no, no, no further no, no, comment. No, 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 I want to have the word favourite in okay. capital letters yes. and then three exclamation marks in the subject line and then in the body of the email, just put the number of your favourite pod with no further comment. <laughs> And then we have to guess why. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, Adrian John Heath posted some pictures of, uh, oh, a couple of PlayStation 2 games uh, that he found while having a tidy up. Uh, I'd completely forgotten about them, he said. That set me thinking, what other Jerry Anderson video games are there? And he's posted a picture of a Captain Scarlet PlayStation 2 game and a Thunderbirds game too. Ah. Neither of which I've ever played. Uh, meanwhile, Matt Keskvari is finally listening to the CD of Stand By For Action. Great work. Yeah. Uh, Lynn McKinnon says it's uh, been almost a year since I became a Podstron, having met my now husband, Steve Beresford, and was introduced to the wonderfully creative supermarination genius of Jerry Anderson again. Being part of this group has helped with a very difficult year. And yes, we were the ones that, shock horror, missed a certain podcast because we got hitched. 
Uh, Good reason, I'm though. A, yeah, fair enough. I'm a Candy and Andy fan, says Lynn, a huge fan of UFO and Space 1999. In that order. Yeah, apparently so. I will encourage my daughter through the elements of this creativity, which has a horror or scare factor. She likes Torchy, enough said. Fellow podders, enjoy everything that is Jerry today. Ah, from Jerry Anderson Day again a few weeks ago. And Spectrum is green to go as we aim to make this available for the next generations. Well... That is absolutely our plan, isn't it? Part of the mission, 100%. Uh, Now, it's been a while, Jamie, hasn't it, since we had uh, a certain quiz from Tom Hodden. Oh, Don't you think? So, where are we now? Pod 254? Five. Right, even better, because it's time for a quick fire five. Right, the exciting news, everybody, says Tom, is that you've been invited to launch an expedition into the Mongolian deserts in search of the fabled death worm. However, before we begin our search, we should probably run over the key details one last time. Question one, are you going to search by air in supercar or search beneath the ground by mole? Uh, supercar. Oh. Mm. Uh, number two, how are you going to lure the worms? With Kate Kestrel's pop stylings or by covering Captain Scarlet in barbecue sauce? Ah, oh, Scarlet sauce, 100%. <laughs> Scarlet sauce. <laughs> number three, there's always one, but which sidekick will inevitably stumble into quicksand? Bones or Captain Blue? Well, if we've got Scarlet in barbecue sauce, it's got to be blue. Sure. Uh, number four. Oh no, the death worms are attacking. Quick, how do you make your escape? In a shadow mobile? Well done. Or actually... I think you'll find it's pronounced mobile. So which are you going for, a mobile or a mobile? <laughs> That's the question. Well, I'm so desperate to know what this mobile is. We'll get over <laughs> that, shall we? And number five, it turns out that one of the expedition has a terrible secret, but who? Egads, Mitch was the Yeti all along, or blimey, Grandma Tracy is a werewolf. Oh, Grandma, 100%. <laughs> well done. Suspicious and that eyes. brings us to the end of a rather timely Quick Fire 5, the pod 255. Amazing. All the fives. Um, All the fives. What a thrill. Actually, that wasn't too bad because it it wasn't like, you know, who do you want to spend an evening at dinner with, Mitch or Zuni? One of those. Oh, gosh. Yes, that is neither, isn't it? No, quite. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they're Mm, on the menu. Uh, there we are, but do pop along if you're on Facebook to our official listeners group. Uh, Answer a couple of questions. We'll let you in and you can join in all the fun. Uh, Yes. Yes. Do that. Yeah, do that. Please. Now. Well, no, no, not now. Wait till the end of the podcast. Wait. Yeah, good to say. Uh, so, do you, well, do you want some interview? Because Ben has got another part of his interview is, is with it, Lloyd Scott. Is it Jake Lloyd? Oh. No, sadly, Jake Lloyd is currently right. unavailable, but we are okay. looking into his availability for a future right. podcast. Sure. For now, you'll have to make mm-hmm. do with Lloyd Scott. Uh, well, what can I say about Lloyd Scott? Leukemia survivor, mm-hmm. marathon runner, yeah. and wearer of the most outrageous costumes, now including Captain Scarlet. Uh, here is a final part uh, of Ben's chat with Lloyd Scott. So you've you've run as the Iron Giant, you've been Indiana Jones, you've been Brian the Snail, and now you're you're going to be uh, an Anderson hero. Yeah, um, well, I, I missed out the Beatles Yellow Submarine as well. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, and Anderson. Very interestingly, I, I actually dropped Jamie an email a few years ago. I, I was thinking of perhaps trying to get a Thunderbird one made right which would kind of sit on my shoulders mm-hmm. um and I would actually be the kind of flame coming out the bottom like the jet of it as I as I run along it was difficult it was it sure. was really 
really difficult. Did you, had you done some drawings or were you just in the idea stage? It's funny enough, I had a really, really good friend of mine. And the ideas that I used to come up with, I used, he used to draw them for me. So mm-hmm. I had some kind of concept. So I showed the guy, I showed uh, this drawing uh, to the guy that made the Iron Giant and the uh, submarine and the boulder. And um, the, the problem that we had was that Thunderbird 1 would be so long, it would rock forwards and backwards. And it was how we would actually keep it stable when I'm sort of running along, jogging up and down. So Sure, um, yeah. But then, you know, fate takes yet another hand. And um, I did, uh, during lockdown, I did a, a fundraising challenge. I did the Three Peaks Challenge, which was climbing to the top of the three highest mountains in Scotland, England, and Wales. Wow. Uh, ben Nevis, Scaffold, Pike, and Snowdon in, in the deep sea diving suit. Um, of course. <laughs> as you do. I, 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 as one does. I was watching on the television, and there was people, you know, running marathons by, you know, running around their coffee tables and the, and doing ultra marathons by running from their front garden through their house out into the back garden and then back again. And I'm thinking, no, 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 I can't, you know, we've got to get out and do something, you know. Um, and we were very lucky uh, that we managed to do this uh, this fundraising event. Yeah. Uh, with, with and you, you had the face mask, so you were, you were COVID safe in the face mask of the uh, deep sea diving suit. I- I have to say that, um, again, one of the funniest things, I actually did the, the marathon in a diving suit in New York. Mm. I did the New York marathon. And, um, you know, it's a very British kind of sense of humour sort of thing. And um, I think uh, one of the ladies, uh, a lady came up to me. I was sitting down having a rest in New York, and she came up to one of my support team, uh, and she said, uh, excuse me, but does he have a contagious disease? They thought I'd like bird flu or something like that. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. It was quite funny. But anyway, shortly after I did this um, Three Peaks in 2020, I, I was experiencing having trouble swallowing and um, uh, my voice uh, was, was, was changing. And I went for a number of checkups, and um, in the end, they removed uh, quite a large uh, tumour from my throat, very large. But they didn't know at the time. They thought it was okay at the time. Uh, and then they did a biopsy, and unfortunately, it came back as, as being uh, an extremely uh, rare form of cancer called synovial sarcoma. Uh, and then I underwent radiotherapy uh, treatment, like several weeks of that. So that's quite uh, grueling. And so I spent like time at home and again, faced with this, uh, uh, you know, with this sort of cancer prognosis, that instinctive feeling switched on again. And I went back, you know, and I went back. But this time I didn't go back to Thunderbirds. I went back to Captain Scarlet. Mm. And it didn't strike me immediately. I remember watching some of the episodes, and then I uh, discovered that the 2005 one was like actually 
really brilliant. I'm really, yeah. I mean, I just, just aspects of it where obviously with the original one, they couldn't run, walk, dive, do all the action scenes. The other thing is with the, uh, the original series, uh, Captain Scarlet and Captain Black never actually get to meet. Right. Uh, but with this, they, they were. So they were, um, so there was that added element to it as well. And then, you know, Captain Scarlet gets a halt to destiny and it's, um, uh, wow, where's this come from? You know, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. it's I, a whole I, other I, layer to the new yeah, Captain Scarlet. Yeah, absolutely. And then it, it, it kind of dawned, well, hold on a minute, you know, I've done this, this. I mean, in addition to the leukemia and the cancer, I, I've kind of had a heart arrhythmia, obviously the fractured neck from the fire brigade. I've had both my hips replaced, knee, you know, I've had 28 operations. Wow. And all of a sudden the penny kind of drops. Hold on a minute, me and this guy have kind of got something in common. They keep blowing him up and shooting him, and then he yeah. keeps coming back. And, um, and, and you know, it, it got into a routine that I would watch it every day, and it, it, it became a real comfort viewing for me. Uh, and mm. it, it did, it, it, it did become, become like a real mascot, a real, um, you know, hey, you've, you've got to do this, you've got to come back, you've got to. It's just weird the way the mind works. Um, yeah. And, and again, I remember watching it, and there's Colonel White and Lieutenant Green and Captain Blue, and it, it became like a real family thing. It, yeah. it, it did. It just become almost that escapism and that comfort view it for me. Really bizarre. You know, I can't explain why that happened, but it, but it did. And... Um, yeah, it, it was maintained. And even when I was in hospital, I used to watch episodes of it in hospital. And there was that um, determination that uh, something positive has got to come from this. Yeah. And um, the, the operation I had was actually, you can probably tell by the tone of my voice, I, uh, it, it was pretty massive. I had to cut my face open, break my jaw, remove the cancer part of my mouth and throat. Then I had to have a skin graft uh, and a tracheostomy. Um, and then things went wrong and then I had to be rushed back in two days later, in, literally in the nick of time. Uh, I mean, while I was sonic and sentful, one of the surgeons had already started removing the, the metal staples from my, from my neck and throat. I mean, it was, you know, um, and then the funny thing is, when, when I went back afterwards for like my first checkup, you know, we asked the, the surgeon, well, "What would have happened if 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 it wasn't successful?" And, and the success rate was only like less than five percent. And she just shrugged, and it's like, "Well, we came out of the hospital like literally shaking. Um, wow. We've come kind of that close." And so I was determined that right, you know, the, the focus on my recovery uh, is, is to try and do the um the, the london marathon and mm. they actually changed the uh i think 10 years after i did the diving suit i was going to do it again uh and the marathon rules suddenly changed that year uh <laughs> to the to the fact that you had to uh start and finish on 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 the day 
So I needed a costume that obviously I could get round on the day. Um, yeah. So the obvious one, you know, we couldn't do the uh, the Thunderbird one, but mm-hmm. there's nothing that's going to stop me doing Captain Scarlet one. So yeah, there you go. A perfect choice. And again, I, I mean, I'd like to think that my costumes are, you know, there's a lot of time uh, and money that goes into them. And, I, I, you know, I looked at some Captain Scarlet uh, outfits on the internet and they just look like cheap Captain Scarlet fancy dress costumes on the sure. internet. Yeah. Um, and then I saw uh, another one uh, where... Uh, somebody had made their own, and it was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put the cap on their feet, but then it just looked like a bloke wearing the Captain <laughs> Scarlet uniform, you know. And I'm thinking, how do you get over this? How do you actually make it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I I, I, con- I contacted Anderson Entertainment and said, like, do you know of anyone that that that, that could make me like a really authentic looking suit? Uh, and they put it up on their Facebook page, and um, there were some uh, lots of uh, people making suggestions. And I got contacted by a chap called Duncan Willis, who actually made uh, some licensed puppets. Yes, and he was wonderful. I mean, he actually provided me with uh, the patterns that they used and molds for the cap, and. Um, I took these to a company called Plunge Creations, uh-huh. who um, they're based near Brighton, and they make the costumes for a program called the Mask Stinger. Yes, uh, where they have these incredible costumes, you know. And I said, look, we've got to do something here that um, that I want it to look absolutely authentic. And then I, I took down um, uh, my white book, the the um, the vault, the Captain Scarlet uh, book. Um, mm-hmm. I also took down my um, my Harrop model of, of Captain Scarlet. Beautiful. Um, and put in there. And um, yeah, they they works on the uh, they works on the costume. I mean, I think I did three different fittings, you know. And um, yeah, come up with something really special. The other thing. Was no matter how brilliant the costume was, um, it was still going to be a costume. Sure. So with St. George, we had the dragon. Uh, with Indiana Jones, we had the boulder. The yellow submarine, we had Sergeant Pepper. I didn't want it to be just a Captain Scarlet costume. Right. But I said, like, can we somehow incorporate the Mr. Ons with this? And they came up with uh, this electric tubing this lighting mm. a luminous green and they made two circles from this uh and i've actually got a battery pack that goes in my back pocket uh and we attached it over the um the flashing epaulette on on the uh, shoulder yeah and i've also got a, a band that i put around my wrist and as i move my arm these, these two amazing fluorescent green lights actually move as well. So they're not just something that's static. Right. Uh, and they really give it that kind of um, just that extra dimension, that extra element um, yeah. of the Captain Scarlet um, uh, costume. So, yeah. 
And it's very, oh, it's oh. very eye catching having the Mister on lighting with you as you run. It's, it's a great, yeah. great idea. The only, the only thing. I mean, I went into work and and I showed them a picture of the costume, and, and somebody went, "Oh wow, they've put your face in a um, in a Captain Scarlet." Oh, no, no, no. That that's actually. <laughs> That's actually my costume. Um, and then that's a, that's a very high compliment there. Yeah, they thought it was just. So um, we also had the makeup on. So I had a, mm. a little bit of a five o'clock shadow. And then they, they did the eyebrows. Like he's, he's quite prominent. I haven't got much of an eyebrow, but they put uh. these prominent eyebrows on. The cap actually has a wig kind of built into it. So when uh-huh. I put it on, the hair comes down um so uh it, it looks it looked pretty um it's a fantastic it costume it looks amazing well i looked at the picture the only the only thing the <laughs> only thing that we couldn't get right is that captain scarlet has got longer legs than i have right <laughs> <laughs> Good, you're a, you're a perfectionist my legs out. um <laughs> So uh, you remind uh, me of, of Jerry Anderson. He he would be like that. He would say there was there's just one thing we didn't get right. It's... Not much I can do about that. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm quite sore. But most of my height uh, comes from uh, my body, not my legs. Um, sure. But hey ho, you know that that was something that uh, we we just couldn't overcome. But uh, yeah, yeah. But it's a it's a great costume, and and I'm I'm hoping you raise a lot of funds through this through this run uh when is it when is the run itself it's on 23rd of april um which again is st george's day but i've already done it at st george so um right i think the other thing that um means a lot is is that it isn't just a costume it isn't just um i mean you could wear any costume an indian chief or a, a dalek or a you know um uh, or carry a fridge on your back or something like that. We've actually kind of been on a journey the last couple of years. It's almost been like a companion, you know. Mm. Um, and, and and so, you know, the fact there is a, a kind of a, a real tie, a real story, which, which dates back to when I was a kid, you know. So yeah. It's not just uh, yeah, a gimmick. So, it's one of those things that's kept you going through a very difficult time yeah, in your yeah. life. And, and there is an element, there is a real, there is an actual uh, kind of story behind it. It isn't just, you know, the, the, the costume. Yeah. You are you may not be indestructible, but you are reconstructible. Exactly. As, as you put it. And that's I, mean, a... I, mean, I was, yeah, I spent too much time on the cross trainer thinking about that. You know, you can't say indestructible because, you know, you're not. Um, yeah. But yeah come up with reconstructable that's great that's that's super encouraging to me and i'm sure it'll be encouraging to our listeners who are whatever they're going through in life to to see your example and how you've uh how you've carried on it's really really impressive your courage is amazing so thanks for that yeah it's um i suppose the message has, has gone right the way through um all my fundraising which is to encourage other people that are facing their own personal battles, you know, cancer, leukemia, whatever kind of illness. And, um, you know, there's been lots of people over the last couple of years that have done amazing things, but certainly have passed away. And um, I just don't want to, I, 
you know, uh, I want to get a message across, but I don't want to have to pass away to, to, to do get it. that message. Across, you right. Know? So, yeah. Again, uh, Captain Scarlet, um, the actual perfect, um, you know, the, 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 the perfect costume and, and model to, uh, to base my message on. The perfect, uh, the perfect example. Well, the, uh, the link to support the campaign will be there in the show notes. Is there anywhere else that people can go to, uh, to follow you or to track your progress or to support you? Uh, yeah, I've got a, um, I've got a fundraising page. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no obligation. People want to sponsor me. That would be absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's quite simple. It's uh, just uh, give uh, dot as uh, slash scarlet. Uh, so just give dot as slash scarlet. And, you know, uh, that's my fundraising page. It's actually got my kind of story and, and some background of stuff that, 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 that's gone on. Uh, that, that they might be interested in, um, in in reading. So, yeah. That's great. Thanks for that. I, I know this is, uh, you said this might be your last race. Is that true? Oh, this is, yeah. Yeah. I mean. You're you're retiring after this? Yeah. Th- yes. Yes. I mean, um, you know, my big ends are knocking, definitely. The, the most difficult thing this, this time has been trying to uh, gauge or manage my recovery whilst trying to train Mm. uh, and make sure I'm fit enough to actually do the event. You know, if I push too hard, which I seem to have done, I come down with a bit of a a chest infection or something like that. Uh, But then obviously you can't just go, right, uh, I'll leave it. I want to get, I'll I'll just leave it. And then you don't do the training to, to ensure that you can get around the course. So that has been, that has been very, very, uh, that's been very difficult. Uh, we'll find out on the day, I suppose, where I've got it right or not. Yeah. Well, thank you for for persevering and for for carrying the spirit of Captain Scarlet with you as you go. We're we're super grateful and we're we're cheering you on the whole way. It's it's been it's been lovely that when I've um, shown people the costume, oh, I remember that. Oh and yeah. Even, oh, even yeah. people and even people that are that are uh, uh, younger than me. Oh, my dad used to love that as well. Like you know, so. It's um, yeah, I, I I I think the whole um, the whole series really was uh, was under was underrated. I, I really do. I think it should have um, got more on a kudos, I suppose, because it was it was so groundbreaking Absolutely. Uh, at the time. And um, although people think, oh, you know, possibly it wasn't as uh, up there with Thunderbirds. I look back at it now, and there's actually more to Captain Scarlet than the Thunderbirds. There's perhaps a little bit more there to actually um, appreciate. But that's that's just how I feel about it. Yeah. Well, SIG. Thanks so much, Lloyd. Thanks for, for joining us on the podcast. I really appreciate your time. It's been a pleasure. Absolute. I mean, it's been a pleasure to speak about something that, um, you know, I've had such a passion about for you know, for so long. It's so great. Thanks, Lloyd. Well, by the time you hear this, Postron, Lloyd mm-hmm. should have hopefully completed his marathon. Uh, right. So, well done, Lloyd. SIG, please go and uh, support his efforts. You can still donate to the cause at ander.sn slash greatscott. That's A-N-D-R dot S-N slash greatscott, all lowercase. Nice. What a, what an inspirational chap. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so hopefully Good Jake stuff. Lloyd next week. 
Yes, that would be fun, wouldn't it? And then maybe Scott Lloyd, uh, who he right. is. <laughs> right. Um, I'll tell you who we do have a, a, an interview coming up with in the very near future. Yes. It's the team behind the restoration and upscale of Space Precinct. Ah, now that will be interesting. Now, one of the people behind this has not one, but two Jerry Anderson names. Oh, okay. His, his name yeah. is Scott yeah. Tempest Mitchell. <laughs> I like it. There could not be, surely, could not be a better uh, person to be uh, managing the upscale of uh, uh, restoration no. of space precinct. So, I, I feel like it was in safe hands. Yeah, so S- yeah. Scott Tempest Mitchell and his colleague will be joining us in uh, in the next couple of weeks. So there's uh, and many other things to look forward to too. So yeah. there we are. Great. Uh, now, uh, Bank Holiday is upon us. I'm sure you've been spending time on the Jerry Anderson uh, YouTube channel, getting lost in upscaled uh, episodes of Space Precinct, uh, primers of various series, uh, interviews and uh, all sorts of uh, videos. And on our last pod 252 few pods ago now, rather. A few comments there. One from John Clay, for example, who says, Oh, good fab fact. I always wondered what happened to unfulfilled scripts. I rewatched Avalanche, Captain Scarlet, uh, Scarlet 67, to remember how good Shane Rimmer was as a writer. And I look forward to the next podcast. We don't talk about that very often, do we? Uh, I know he wrote that episode of Scarlet. Anything else for the Jerry Anderson universe? Um, sure, Shane wrote quite a few Scarlets, didn't he? Mm. And then I think he did, did he do some Joe 90? I think so. And then he wrote the script for The Investigator. Okay. Uh, you know, and as, as known by The Investigator fan out there, Jack Knoll. Yes, just the one, uh, yes. It was just the one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and then even right to the end, he was writing up uh, writing novels, wasn't he? He wrote um, Longshot, which was a, a golf-themed uh-huh. uh, mystery, I believe. Uh-huh. So, yeah. yeah um, Great. Shane the writer, there you go. Nice. Uh, a few people commenting there as well that they were dismayed that we were uh, coming to the end of the first season of Fab Facts, uh, but then <laughs> cheered by the fact that it returned the next week. Yes, it got an extension. For season two, yeah. Was well, right. season two really, was it? I, I don't know. Anyway, they, they keep coming. <laughs> they do. Uh, and over talking of Fab Facts, on the uh, the video for Fab Facts, Space 1999 almost had a season finale. Uh, do you know, this is a 53 comments, so it really got people thinking this one. Uh, Jerry made our childhood amazing with his different series. I, for one, would not change it and that is from uh, daveb6214 catchy name uh Andrew that Parkin. dave dave b614 maybe could be could be could be Darveb. anyway sorry carry on <laughs> andrew parkin says that uh, this sounds like a perfect season one episode and a great way of ending the show yeah. such a pity it was never made i mean ultimately you knew the alphans would succeed as with most time travel related stories, if they'd failed, the children wouldn't have been around to be taken in the first place to test the Alphans. Exactly. So the fact that they were available shows that the test was successful. And oh, now I've got a headache. Either way, it sounds brilliant to me, says Andrew Parkin. Gosh, <laughs> chronic hysteresis again. Yes, Tom Watts, surely not, says, uh, I definitely enjoy this kind of meta twist in stories. I think the way to go with something like that would be to hint at the, the identity of the future civilization rather than outright state it mm. so that the viewers have the realization of what it means. Yes. So a bit more sort of ambiguity, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Rob Schofield, don't forget that when production on season two finished, pre production prep for season three was underway during the hiatus and was finally cancelled in late stage. Ah, well, now that, I think that's a question I asked during the fair fact. If I recall correctly, the funds were attached, or rather snatched, to allow Lou Grade to go into film production, uh, of which the most memorable, for all the wrong reasons, was Raise the Titanic. 
So that's what ultimately happened to the cash for season three of uh, Space 1999. Yeah, I'm not sure it was directly taken from one pocket yeah. and put into another, but uh, sure. yeah, I think that was a bit of a, a change of heart. Yeah, interesting. Uh, anyway, keep your comments coming on the the YouTube channel and I'll read out the most interesting and most polite in a future pod. Most polite. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Good luck. Good. Uh, mm. Now, Chris Dale's been waiting very, very patiently today, Yes, don't I'm you think? sorry. Sorry to keep you, Chris. Yeah. I'm sure he doesn't mind at all. I mean, oh, okay. you know, it's the sort of all... The, the rest of the podcast is really just the build-up to the randomizer anyway. We know that, yes. Exactly. So, well, the randomizer, for those of you who don't know Positrons, uh, I mean... Who doesn't know what the randomizer is? But I'm going to say it anyway. Chris Dale, the randomizer. Machine called the randomizer. Big red button. He pushes it, or somebody does. Maybe Marina. And then he tells you all about it. How's that? Yeah, that sounds pretty good to me. Good. Get randomizing, Chris. What's happening, Stu? Right, well, Mr. King, uh, what's happening is... uh, Well, I'm not Stu, actually. But I would like your help with something today. How's that? Yes, you see that machine just to your right? All I'd like you to do is press that big red button. Sounds crazy to me. Oh, yes, I know it is a bit... Crazy, but let's do it. Oh, wow, weird man. I mean, that's, like, amazing, you know? I mean, like, fantastic, yeah? Sorry. What kind of a weekend did you have? Weekend? Uh, well, kind of the usual, really. Yeah. Mine, too. Right, let's see what we have today. Oh, okay. Well, it's Lavender Castle today. I'll settle for that one. Well, good, because that's the one you're getting. Here's the legend. That's it. Thanks, everyone. Lavender Castle. A place of legend, fabled right across the universe. This is our quest. To find it. Oh, well, now, this is just lovely. We welcome back to the randomizer, Lavender Castle. And I think I said recently on the uh, the Podstron's Facebook group, it's kind of nice that the two shows I do on the randomizer that I've never seen before, this and Torchy, are A, both so short, because I can kind of bluff through ten minutes, um, but it's also nice that they are at kind of opposite ends of the spectrum. With this, I always know this is like getting a, a glass of champagne uh, as opposed to, you know, an episode of Torchy is like, I don't know, the toilet backing up or something. But this is like a, getting a glass of champagne. It's it's this nice, bubbly, happy pick-me-up for ten minutes or so that I know I'm going to really enjoy. So, let's see what the legend has in store for us today. I hope it will be more good stuff. <laughs> I wonder. Ah, so Captain Thrice is reading a book called The Legend. Oh, and that's enough. We are now uh, somewhere. We're landing on a, a planet with two suns. Uh, it's a bit of a deserty type place. Why must you go away, Captain? Well, oh. according to the legend, Sproggle, when the two suns here eclipse once every thousand years, Lavender Castle can be seen in the desert. And plus, any time away from you is always good. Sounds like an old wives' tale to me. But, Captain, if you insist on going, let me come with you. Thank you, Isambard, but this expedition is my idea. Hmm. And therefore, it is my risk. You've got my invention with you. Yes. You've got lots of my inventions with you by the look of it. Yes, he's he's loaded with all sorts of bits and pieces. Captain? Oh, so it's a Captain Thrice-centric episode then, I guess. They're all just leaving him on this planet. Okay. Oh, yeah, they are leaving him. They're, they're taking off. Well. 
and it's a really hot place by the look of it. Oh, ouch! Oh, even burning my foot. Too hot for a walking stick. Uh, yeah, it's a lovely integration of the. I didn't think of that. The animatronics. Well, not animatronics. The 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 Captain Thrice puppet there, and the the background and the CGI paradox. It can't harm us, but the radio's useless till we get through it. Uh, where are you guys off to now? This is one of the few things I would say against Lavender Castle is sometimes stuff just happens so quick. Castle can be sighted. I would have thought if if there's a chance of finding Lavender Castle on this planet, then it'd be all hands on deck to foot again to gather data. Live. Oh no! Oh, especially if that happens. Yeah, Thrice has fallen off the cliff. Captain, help me! Walking stick is stuck in the sand. Oh, it's a bit, uh, it's a bit like old brains in in Desperate Intruder. She's up to up to her neck in sand. And his homing device has attracted the attention of. What repeats itself over and over again with monotonous regularity? You? <laughs> Someone in trouble. Oh, that was a good joke. We must go immediately. You're going to rescue someone? I'm going to capture someone. Yeah, it doesn't matter who. He'll find some use for them. So... Big stick. Thrice seems to be all right. Big stick, where are you? Uh, oh, no. Big stick. Oh, dear. Oh, he can't hear her. The sun's beating down. It's very hot. Ah, oh, there's the mammoth machine rolling out over the... Uh, the desert there. The storm isn't there anymore. And our radio's coming back to life. Why did we go out into space in the first place? I'm still not clear. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> there he is. Oh no. Well, if it isn't Captain Thrice's walking stick. Yes, Dr. Aegon has crushed the radio. Nothing you could do would make me tell you that. Oh, she's so brave. Thermoglass. Oh. It will remain beautifully cool. Oh, the fiend. Wicked! Yes, he's put a bottle of water in front of her. Yes, <laughs> yes! See, this is one of the negative aspects in having sentient walking sticks, is that they do get dehydrated in the sun, just like we do. And poor old Thrice is just... Well, he's wandered off into the desert and fallen over. But there it is! Please Ooh. make it Lavender Castle. But is it real or is it a mirage? I fear it may only be a mirage. Oh, no. This is how it's always going to be, Thrice. You groveling at my feet. Now, where's the paradox? <laughs> You'll get nothing from me, Aegon. Eh? Why worry about the paradox? Lavender Castle's behind you, mate. Oh, he's playing the water card again. Delicious. Now it's your turn. Ah, oh, they're playing spin the bottle. It's empty. <laughs> of course it's empty. Water's far too precious to waste. <laughs> On you. We leave the storm. Aye, all the radio systems will go again. You'd better I still don't understand why we left the planet in the first place. It was an obvious accident waiting to happen, letting him go off on his own. Are you receiving me? Uh, I'm uh, fine, Roger. You don't sound fine to me, Captain. <laughs> well, uh, as... Izzy's just sort of suddenly 
leapt over the controls there. It's lovely, lovely body language on these puppets. Even when they're not talking and not really doing anything, just the way they're they're constantly moving and reacting to the smallest things. Keep mine. I'll take some water to your. But Cosgrove Hall stop motion animation is always beautiful. Week after next. <laughs> oh no! What a fiendish villain! Oh, poor old walking stick. This is quite sad and serious. Noga. Is that a Scottish expression? I've never heard of it before. If I may interrupt, Mr. Isambard, sir, Noga... I'm having a meeting of minds. Gone spelt backwards. <gasps> Aboard the paradox. It was a coded message. Come on! Oh, good spot. This is why we need our robot on the ship. None of the others caught that. I didn't catch that. What do I see? And again, I'm not sure I heard that. He's got the captain! Tally-ho! Where are you looking? I can't see him. Oh, there he is. Yeah, so they've returned to the planet in the Paradox, just like they well, they probably shouldn't have left in the first place. Oh, come on, Sproggle. Let's uh, leave him behind. Aegon, where's Walking Stick? Ooh, I yeah. tell you that until I'm back in my mammoth machine. Have you no humanity at all? I'm glad to say, Captain, that I don't suffer from that weakness. Oh. Well, none of them should. There are no human characters in this show, at least none that I've, uh, I've encountered yet. <laughs> but I understand the sentiment. And that sun is still beating down. I'm sure that's going to come into play. Lavender <gasps> Castle's back! Um, and it's pointing the way... Lavender Castle. ...towards something. Uh, what do I see? Oh, that's it, of course. Walking Stick. On my way! Ah, there goes CGI Laika to rescue Walking Stick. <laughs> Again, that's an, a great example of what I meant with you know, the way the characters interact with no dialogue there. As Roger got um, Dr. Aegon to raise his hands by pointing his gun at him. Did the sun? That's how we found you! So. Don't get away, Bryce. My machine is faster than yours, and it's heavily armed. Ah, it's funny. I used this to start my engine, but I've just used it to stop yours. <gasps> oh, he's taking a mallet to Aegon's, uh, Aegon's mammoth machine. You can't leave me here without a ship and without water! Oh, I think they can. Poor man! <laughs> he can have mine! Ah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It... Yes, but of course it's empty. It's empty! Oh no! They're actually doing it to him! Well, the Paradox crew, um. Come back! They saw Lavender Castle. For this thrice! Come back, you! But they wouldn't have seen it if they hadn't got into uh, problems through their own. Uh... Yeah, well, I don't know. That was the legend! Uh, that, on the whole, yeah, another thoroughly enjoyable episode of Lavender Castle. More, I think, for the characters and the interactions and the just the beautiful animation. I, I would say the story is a bit slight, which is sometimes a problem with with these episodes. There's just either there's so much going on so quickly, or there's just not really enough time to get any sort of story going. This was kind of in the middle. But on the whole, I still enjoy this stuff. It's always lovely to, to sit down and watch a bit of Lavender Castle, because I know I'm always going to enjoy it, because it's good stuff. Oh, it's so sweet. 
Lavender Castle. Yeah, it is. Do you know that's is that now the only show that hasn't had some kind of HD treatment where all the ah, episodes exist? Right. Okay. Oh, maybe no protectors. I guess has not, oh, has not sure. had a sixteen mil uh, but, uh, scan. But yeah. difficult to get hold of. I guess Lavender Castle uh, tied up with so, all sorts of so tricky. Edited on video, CGI effects in standard definition, ah, owned right. by DreamWorks as part of the Classic Media Library. It, it's right. all. You know, yeah. there's a lot of things to try and unlock and unpack and unpick there, and I, yeah. I think it's pr- well, pretty unlikely. But then there was no, a time when we said there wouldn't be HD absolutely. Space 3 and look now. now. And that time was probably only about three weeks ago. Yeah, but it was more than that, wasn't it? It was <laughs> yeah, at least yeah, five. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. So, you know, you'd never say never. Could happen, couldn't no, it? It's, it's possible, but don't, yeah. don't hold your breath. No, all right. <gasps> don't. Oh, 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 I see. Don't hold your breath. Oh, God, thank goodness for that. Yeah, that was an awkward moment, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, yes. Uh, do, do you have anything else from Postron that you'd like to share with us before we wrap things up? No. Good. In that case... Yes. Uh, Postrons, please do leave us revatings. One, oh, eight, please. One, one each will do. Um, we've had a, s- yeah. a slight improvement on the the number of ratings okay. and reviews overall. Okay. But I think we could Excellent. still do a little bit better. And I know we often say it, and you probably go, oh, yeah, yeah, they don't need me to do it. We do. If you're thinking yeah, really, we, we do. don't need you to do it, well, you're wrong. We really, really do need yeah, you. Yeah, you're wrong. Absolutely so wrong. Yeah. Please stop being wrong. Uh, get right. right. And and leave us yeah. a, a, a rebating. Uh, so. Yeah. Uh, you can go and do that in, in any app of your choice. Um, and I'm going to read out a couple of recent ones after the end credits. So, Oh, I love that. If you'd Great like to stay it. on to hear us praise ourselves with your words, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. then uh, we'll see you after the end nice. credits. But if not, we'll see you in pod 256. Crikey. Yeah, see you then. Yeah. Uh, bye. Bye then. Let's go. Spectrum is green. Right, I know you're very excited about this. I love these moments because I get to sit back and bask in our glory. Well, stand by for glory. (laughs) Are you ready? Oh, yes. This is from Troy's Left Eyebrow. Oh, Uh, fantastic. (laughs) um, uh, The title is Jolly Good Podcast. Okay, we're doing well so far. Earthmen. Five stars. Ah, Great. Excellent podcast. Highly recommended to other underfans. But... Oh. Hide your wallet. Oh. Not because we're thieves, but because we're <laughs> no, always no. talking about things that are nice. Um, <laughs> always an interesting listen, serving fab facts, interviews, and other relevant news and information. Very interactive with their community. The hosts are an odd bunch. Mm. Uh, Joe <laughs> 90s. Is that what he says? Yes. 
Joe 90's biggest fan, <laughs> a bloke who loves yeah. to talk about himself, and a third oh, guy they rarely talk to. Uh, maybe he's kept locked in a cupboard with the randomizer <laughs> machine, probably guarded by a giant ra- radioactive koala bear with wings. Uh, jokes aside, yes. Jamie and it's Richard right. never fail to entertain, and Chris's randomizer has brilliant commentary plus cleverly edited introduction sketches. Yeah, there nice you go. Done. Isn't that Thank nice? Thank you. That is nice. It's nice. Um, you can tell they've been listening. <laughs> well, I'm not just so. making it up. No. <laughs> well, uh, let's see if you think the same from Angel's Blessings. Okay. FAB podcast, five stars. Oh. If you're looking for a light-hearted and uplifting podcast, then look somewhere. No, then look no further. Uh, it doesn't matter what mood I'm in. This podcast never fails to lift it. Listening ah. to the three podcasters is like having family round and gossiping about the latest facts and news over the Jerry Anderson world, then settling down to hear an Anderson show. Love ah. this podcast and would recommend it to all. Thanks, guys. Ah, oh, well, well, thank that, you, yeah. Angel you know, Blessings. No, I think that's really nice because I, I often think, you know, actually, I think the most important thing we do beyond, you know, bringing new content and all that sort of stuff it's just giving people a bit of a feel-good factor if they're feeling a bit low i think that's precious i agree it's nice to think that we do that sometimes yeah we can't we can't always promise to do that but we do try (laughs) and sometimes it happens yeah quite by accident usually (laughs) yes yeah anyway we hope we accidentally pleased you today (laughs) (laughs) right yes should we go away before we put our feet in it i enjoyed that i'm glowing now good me too Oh, I'll go and switch the lights off then. Yeah, turn the heating down. Yeah. Uh, right. Perfect. See you next week. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to the Jerry Anderson Podcast. Wasn't it fun? You have been listening to an Anderson Entertainment production.